Hello, everybody. We're back. Coming to you from Koreatown on a beautiful California evening. It is the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, who we have been on the road, folks. It's the icons, Terry Miller. How you feeling? Angry Black, ladies and gentlemen. Angry I'm Black here. is here present. <laughs> Angry Black, you're wearing Indians today. I like that. You know how I feel about the Indians. I feel good about Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. Too bad they're not going anywhere. But And too bad we were on the road to watch another suspect decision. Oh, yeah. In the Canelo Triple G rematch. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let's get Hello, to Triple it. Triple G story. I mean, imagine. Let's just hear just a little bit of the crowd noise. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a serious, serious event in Vegas. Serious event in Vegas. And uh, I'm here to tell you, everything happened so fast that night. Everybody got knocked out so quick in the undercards that it seemed as though Golden Boy had to figure out how to stall uh, to get everybody in the arena. I was surprised that Spike O'Sullivan got knocked out by David Lemieux in the first round. That was unfortunate. Yeah, that was a prediction that that was going to be a really, really competitive match. but And it was not. Psych. <laughs> yeah, right. You must be joking. <laughs> and, uh, but one of the things that we were very, very happy about is that Chocolatito, Roman Gonzalez, E. Gonzalez uh, came back, and I'm really, really happy for him. He got back in the ring. He chonked him. And, uh, somebody to sleep. And he did what he does, make somebody take a nap. He did that because what people forget is, it seems like, is that, you know, Chocolatito was pound-for-pound pound man for probably a year and a half, maybe two years. He was at the top of people's pound-for-pound pound list. And uh, it's just great to see a guy get back in. He had a really rough go with two fights against uh, the Thai homie. Had a rough fight against Quadras, to be honest, even though he won the fight. But a lot of punishment. The little guys throw a lot of punches. And it's good to see him back in the ring and doing well. I really wish him success. I like him just because he was so nice to me. <laughs> and then there's that. He was really, really, he's a nice guy. He asked about my family and everything. We just, Come on, man. Like, wow. Okay. That's, that's, what, that's where Roman wants to go. Yeah. He <laughs> wouldn't know what's up with the fam. Hey, how's your family? Straight away. Yeah. Wow. We didn't even get into it. Let me get the, into the, it. All the spirit might have put it on me. He did. He wanted to check in. He wanted to check in. And next thing you know, it was go time for the fight. Now, let me set the scene. It was very bizarre because they didn't do either fighter's national anthem. Very bizarre. And they, they didn't do the they, United States national they didn't anthem. Do the national, any of them. I mean, like. Yeah. I was so so what, they, what they're saying is, is that I want to tell you this. What I heard is, is that they're saying they did the national anthem. Uh, For everybody? Yeah. Early? And they did it early at like 4, 4.30 or something like that. That doesn't work for me. Well, it doesn't work for me either. I need to hear it. I need to hear the Star Spangled Banner. I need to hear the Star Spangled Banner. I need to hear everybody's national anthem at the beginning because, honestly, that should get the guys even more pumped up. You remember that you you represent. Right. And just to show respect for the states because even though both guys may be not from the United States, it still shows respect to the United States. 100%. Even somebody decided to kneel or not stand for it, whatever, play it. Yeah, right. Give That's on the them. need to do that. That's on them. And I was very surprised. Um... And so, you know, that, I, I, that, that started off the evening in a bizarre way. But setting the scene, man, you guys saw the replay or you saw it live. I mean, everybody was there from Iron Mike to Will Smith to Denzel Washington. 
to Mark Wahlberg, to you name it. I mean, I, I even think Donald Trump might have been there in disguise. In a mask. It was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was going down. It was a great night. But let's get to the fight. We all know what happened in the first fight. I think universally it's agreed that Triple G got robbed in the first fight. And in the second fight, Triple G and his trainer, Abel Sanchez, goaded Canelo to come forward and fight, quote, Mexican style. And he did that. He showed up and he stood in the middle of the ring and he traded blows. I personally cannot believe the the intensity and the pace of this fight. This fight had less clinches than any fight I've ever seen, wow. to be honest. Really? Have you seen a fight with more, like, a, maybe, I mean, these guys are, are finely conditioned because they didn't, if you rewatch the fight, they didn't clinch. There was well, no hugs. Back in the day, that's, that's Mexican style because Julio Cesar Chavez <laughs> back in the day never clinched. <laughs> right, and he knocked about 87 fools out before he got a draw. Yeah. But, but that's my point. For both guys to be able to go was very, very impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, Mexican style, man. That's the way it went down. It was, it was, let's meet, mano y mano, let's meet in the middle of the ring and do it. I mean, yeah. a lot of times what I've been hearing, which I really don't agree with, is that Canelo was the aggressor. He had the ring general thing going. You know what? You know, and I, I, I think, and I don't agree. Now, I think that people are giving him credit because he actually stood there toe to toe and he did move forward. I'm not even taking that away from him. He did move forward sometimes, but he, to act like he just controlled the bout is not, True. It's not accurate, and I think that is part of the false narrative that's getting tossed around. There's a few things that, that really bothered me. One, people are sitting around saying that Triple G is literally only through jabs. And two, there's something else that people act like throwing jabs and connecting with jabs. It doesn't equal controlling the fight. In a lot of ways, that's exactly how you can control a fight, especially when the guy is coming forward. And he did. And he did that. And he got caught with a couple body shots early that made him think. And I don't think the Triple G got credit for enough for his defense because he blocked a lot of shots. This would have been a good fight. I, I keep hearing about the WBC lobbying for the uh, lobbying for the, ref, the the judges to wear headphones because with a the fight being on Mexican Independence Weekend with a Mexican fighter fighting, the crowd was going crazy whenever Canelo lifted right. a hand. A predominantly Hispanic crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of uh, it was a Latin friendly crowd, a Latino friendly crowd that then they really wanted Canelo to win, and I think the crowd did a lot to will him to win that fight. Um, and I think that there's a he didn't win that fight. I mean, I'm going as per the judges. I don't think. Let's get this straight off the top. Yeah. I don't think he won the fight. You sound like you you wavering. You on the waiver? No, no, wire. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not fooling with the waiver wire. Even though I was looking for a running back this week in my fantasy football team, but we'll get to that later. Corey Clement. Uh, everybody got him already. <laughs> Do nothing. So I digress. <laughs> let's go. But early in the fight, I, there's a, there's a couple factors that I want to add here. Triple G may have given up too much before the fight. Uh, even started. For one, again, he came out first. Right. With a parade of guys to hold his belts. He's the champion. I don't know what era you guys grew up in, but what the way that it's supposed to work is the champ comes out last. He might play games in the locker room and make you wait. I'm going to put you on pins and needles. I'm the champ. That's how it goes. I might come out an hour late. It's up to me. He run a, he's like, a nap. It's like Prince. <laughs> I might come out when I get there. I'm playing games in the back right now. I'm tuning up my guitar. And you know, Mike, Mike, when he wasn't champ, 
remember Mike Tyson back in the day? He punched a hole in the wall. He was so mad he had to wait. He was so mad. <laughs> he had to wait. Go, yeah. You made me wait. Yeah. <laughs> Club of Legs now. Home out, boy. Got some more for you. Yeah. So then they, so then he did that. Canelo comes out with a champion's welcome. And all of these close rounds. Now, I do believe that the, the rounds were close. And part of the reason and what he did, what Canelo did effectively was fight in spurts. If you go watch videos of Canelo train, Canelo very, very rarely trains for three minutes straight. And he barely fights three minutes, very rarely fights three minutes of a round. Well, as we were watching the fight, I told you to remember the good old Sugar Ray Leonard. Post-retina post problem. Yeah, where you fight the uh, 10, 15 seconds in the beginning. It's just like having your story. You 15 seconds in the beginning, 10 to 15 seconds in the middle, and 10 to 15 seconds at the end. And the refs, I mean, and the, you know. The judges look at that as if you've been doing your thing and you've been fighting for 45 seconds total. Yeah. Which is not fair to a guy who's literally putting it all on the line. Now, Gennady did not work the body, which I felt like if he would have, it would have probably put Canelo on his back because he probably got brain damage after all those. He took punches. a lot of punishment. And let's, let's go to that. Let's go to that stat as well. Again, Gennady landed more punches. Again, um, a problem this time is that for people apparently is that he landed a lot of jabs and less power punches. I have a real serious problem with this false narrative. Everybody saying that he only landed jabs because he snapped his neck a lot with uppercuts. He snapped his neck with a jab, the straight right. I've seen Canelo be very vulnerable to straight rights right down the middle wow. and big left hooks. Wow. I would like to audit the, uh, stat. What is it? The compu box, the compu box stat, because I don't feel like Canelo landed more power punches than Gennady. Honestly, I'm a Gennady fan now. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. There's a bias there. Yeah, but I'm, but, but I'm giving. But I'm not. But I'm telling you what I, what I saw from ringside, and then what I watched on the the broadcast. And, right. And it did not look like because a lot of those were being blocked, and you have to, he was rolling, he was blocking. Now here's another thing that I wanted to cover. I personally, okay, let's let me put my score out. I personally had the fight seven five for Gennady. Um, I think that seven five was fair, and. Honestly, I had it 6-4-2, and two, but since they've eliminated the even round, which I think is terrible, uh, I, I have to give the even rounds. I even I split them down the middle. I gave one to the champ and one to the challenger, which led me to 7-5. Now, with what you're saying about the compu box and this, that, and the other, I saw Gennady win rounds in a way that you're not used to him seeing used to seeing him win rounds that seems to throw people off because people forget that he was an olympic fighter right well and he's he's probably going to have uh anthony joshua's probably going to have the same type of problem that gennady has because they're fundamentally and technically sound and nowadays people want to see dudes just come out balls to the walls and just start throwing and this is what canelo did yeah and, and canelo was canelo reaching did. and yeah, leaping he was, and he was unorthodox I mean, yeah it was just not the way that you're supposed to fight yeah and, it was rage yeah and and one of the one of the problems with gennady was that he could not put him on his back now for me the problem is more so than anything is taking all these cha the champions belt like i had a problem with sugar ray leonard taking marvin Hagler's belt by not dominating. If you're going to take a guy who has four belts. Should have five. Should have the five. The only reason that he doesn't have five is because Canelo got caught on the juice. Right. And which then in turn made him uh, uh, miss, not, a miss, miss a mandatory. Yeah. So in that, you're going to take this guy's belt on on a maybe. On a maybe. On a question mark. And I don't even feel like once you. When you rewatch the fight, you re I don't even. I, after watching the replay yesterday, folks, I was even more convinced, as you can tell by my Twitter. I was even more convinced that he won the fight than um, yeah, watching ringside. Than watching ringside. But, but the problem is, as well, is that 
everybody out there, you guys need to start watching the fight without the sound on to have the uh, you know yeah the, the sway Roy Jones and Max the, Kellerman Max Kellerman's trying to sway you the way that you know that they want you to to buy into because if you just w- turn the volume down, watch the fight and you'll see the fight. And clearly, there's an agenda in boxing, which is part of the problem with boxing, yeah, the politics of it all. But yeah, this in this scenario. I think that I think I think there's a few things that happen, but let's get through the analysis of the fight. All right, I thought the early rounds were pretty even, and in those even rounds, I liked the I liked the champ because he was doing more with the jab. In the mid rounds, I would say three to seven, maybe something like or four to seven, something like that. Canelo had some more punching power, but what I saw was, and I saw this all night, just like I saw in the first fight. Canelo doesn't do a lot of combination punching and landing. He's a one punch fighter. Yeah. And and honestly, after this fight, and he goes back and has to fight the other middleweights, I actually think he would do best to fight Gennady again because it's a favorable fight and it's the devil you know, if you will. Because if he fights uh, the the bigger Charlo, where they're saying he's he going to fight Lemieux, probably, which is an in, in, in ridiculous in fight. Yeah. If he fights Charlo, if he fights Danny Jacobs. If he fights these guys that are at 160, that are legit 160 and super athletic, they're gonna put him to sleep. I think they're gonna give him a very serious long. It might be a short night. Even I think, gonna, I think Danny Jacobs will give him a short night. I, I think Danny. I think and Danny has relieve him of the belts. Honestly, I think Danny at this point has worked for Gennady and and Canelo because of the punishment that they both have taken and given to each other. Right. And Gennady's uh, now he's he's older. It'd still be a hard fight. You know, it's still gonna be hard, but. But Danny has that kind of a he has that kind of ability. Now, from the latter part of the fight, I saw pure domination from Gennady Golovkin. I mean, from like ten to ten to twelve, don't even bring it up. Right. There was a point when he actually championship rounds. Did the championship rounds when he got on the ropes, he he got him on the ropes and opened up on him. Now Canelo showed a monster chin, crazy chin, crazy heart. But just because you stand in the middle of the ring with somebody does not mean that you win the fight, right? Nor does the, whoever's face is the swollen. The uh, this is the other false narrative. Can we stop this madness? The guy has soft skin. He gets marked up. It's the same nonsense that everybody. It's <laughs> got a great lubricant endorsement. All right. The guy probably it's it's the same scenario that happened when he fought Danny Jacobs and and he won the fight against Danny Jacobs. Stop with that. And everybody tries to act like because he didn't get knocked out that Danny won the fight. Right. And because that the way that Gennady's face was marked after the fight. You can't take a guy's face as the evidence of who won the fight. Right. And let's not maybe, act maybe like maybe that's on the streets. Yeah, exactly. Say, oh man, you saw that man? He got yeah. a black eye. Yeah, I man, he leaking, boy. Man, why you leaking like that on, on <laughs> but, but then, but let's not let's not act like Canelo was ready for a beauty contest after the fight either. Right. I mean, the, there's a lot of false narratives going on. There is, but you know the whole conspiracy thing. There is a conspiracy behind the scenes of all of this because yeah. they, they love to get a good three peat going. They love to get a good three peat. Now I've, records were protected. Right, and my biggest problem is that now Gennady has nothing to to leverage. In, in yeah, he he probably part he probably fight part three for about three million bucks. Yeah. And he has every before he had everything on the you know he was the one that brought everything to the table he was he the had champ. all the belts you know he well he didn't bring the that's the thing he when it came to the the, the Latino crowd. crowd who is a giant supporter of boxing Canelo definitely brings that to the table okay and but, even though they were rub sour with the with the the beef with the clenbuterol and also with the way that he fought in the first fight and that honestly might have taken years off of his career this fight that he just fought yeah. 
But honestly, yeah. Now there's a few things. Another thing, a couple of other things I want to unpack about the situation. Well, unpack your luggage. Let's do it. Is that this is more evidence of the changes that need to be made in boxing. Just like there's changes that need to be made in, uh, just like there's, just like in there's White House, there's bo- changes that <laughs> need to be made. Yeah, in in politics and in the White House. I think this fight right here showed some changes that need to be made in the world of boxing. For one, and I've talked about this for a while, and I really maintain this, there shouldn't be a secret to what the score is. Right. This is the only sport that is played where the competitors don't know the score. Can you imagine LeBron James and the Cavs playing the Warriors, and and then literally they're waiting for the last buzzer to find out who won? Right. This is this is this is the only sport and I understand the element of suspense. I get it. But this is something that needs to be clear because it would it would clear the air on a lot of the confusion and problems that people have with boxing and with judges. Well, my problem with judging a boxing match if you're not going to let the scores be known, let these judges be a part of the press conference? Yes. Let them out there. Let them be held accountable. We were not we, we, we've been backstage at some of the fights, folks. Where the judges, you wouldn't trust the judges to drive on the, the freeway. The judges are what that we saw at one of the fights after the fight. Well, honestly, the judges were all eighty-five plus, maybe eighty plus. Looks like oxygen tanks and wheelchairs. And you couldn't even. They had the coke bottle, thick glasses. There's no way these guys can judge a fight accurately. Right. It's like having the old um, refs running running on the court or in you know in football. They usually can't keep up with the pace of the game. Yeah. So they have to they have to make a call on what they thought they saw and not what actually is going on on the on the field or whatever. Which which is again why the crowd's oohs and ahs would have a big effect. Yeah, why why it would sway you because yeah. when you especially because I thought that Gennady had won the fight sitting ringside. How many rows were we back? Uh, not, seven rows, something seven like that. Rows, yeah, I think we were seven rows, back. rows back at least. But the thing of it is is that once I rewatched the fight on television I was more convinced, and I saw even more effective defense by Gennady than I had with my own eyes next to the ring. I could, you know, and I just don't understand how people could see that fight being close like that. To me, I felt I'm different than you because I felt like Gennady had control over the fight all the way up into the fourth or fifth round. I felt like he won all the most of the early rounds, and I felt like Canelo probably maybe won or tied. Snuck in, snuck in five to eight, maybe. I mean, the yeah, he snuck in five to eight, but he wasn't. He was a one punch fighter. I mean, and that makes a big difference because it does. When you go back and look at the highlights, and you can see Triple G landing combination, he'll go head hit. He'll go one one two or two one body or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or uppercut or uppercut because you can jab uppercut. He'll lift him up. He'll lift his head up and then come with the hook. He'll go. He'll go uppercut hook. And you and one of the trending things to me in boxing the past. This year it seems like everybody's going for that liver shot a lot more. They are, and Gennady are. saw early that he was that, trying that to get Canelo was that trying to Canelo get that liver shot, liver shot on him, and he closed it up. And then Canelo hit him with a couple of uppercuts a couple of times, and he shut that down. And he so sh- then he, he caught a lot of those uppercuts. Uh-huh. Then he, he got into them the phone booth with him, and then yeah. he started. They started working on the inside, and, and Canelo wasn't landing, and Gennady was actually landing his uppercut. And then let's say something else too that I'll give credit to to Canelo. I'm not a fan of it, but Canelo pulled out all the stops, folks. He held and hit. He hit him on his hip. He hit him beneath the below the belt. He he pulled every trick in the book yeah. that he could hit that, that he could do. It, let you know he from Beehive Camp. <laughs> and he let you know he really wanted to win the fight. And in yeah. that I respect that because it is a fight. It's a fight. But but at the same time, even that time, Gennady could have took a really cheap shot 
uh, when Canelo slipped, I think it was the 11th round, right. maybe 11th and or 12th round. And made it look like a knockdown. And made it look like a knockdown. And he didn't. He held the punch. And the fight ended, in my opinion, the fight ended, the way that this fight ended was really representative of both of these fights. The fight ended at the bell with Gennady lifting Canelo's head with an uppercut and snapping his neck mm-hmm. back. Now, go and tell them w- about what you told me with the score, the cards. Uh, this, I was just, this is what I was just going to go. So I'm in your head. So so <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. Twenty four rounds, of which pretty much everybody agrees with the idea that the that, that Gennady Golovkin dominated the first fight. Twenty four rounds, and in the second twelve rounds of that first fight, and in the second fight, ninety percent of the writers and people ringside scored the fight for uh, Golovkin. The judges have one out of six have had Gennady Golovkin win one card out of six cards for both fights. This is insane. And boxing wonders why UFC is always nipping at their heels and eating their lunch. This is a serious problem. And they're going to have to figure out something if they want to run their hustle, which obviously we know they do. They got to get smarter with it. And I think that this time, what they did, uh, you know, this time what they did, which was very interesting, was they ran their hustle tightly. Last time it was so obvious with Adelaide Bird, 18 to 110. She turned her card in before the fight. <laughs> yeah, she, her card was already <laughs> in. And and with that, everybody was so up in arms that it was it was very interesting that this time they made it tighter. And there was even a, a slip of the tongue from uh, Golden Boy partner Bernard Hopkins at the post-conference, if anybody wants to go watch it, because he was talking about how great of an adjustment that Canelo made and how great of a champion was. And Bernard said, you know, this is a great example of seeing how a guy takes a loss and then takes an adjustment and figures out how to tighten up. He sure did. What loss did he take? Right. I, uh, officially, it was a draw, right? Everybody knows. Just stop. This is my problem. Even if you guys are running a kung fu hustle on everybody, Canelo know. just make it clear. And you know what? Canelo, I don't think he knows, but he's going to find out as he fights other A fighters in the 160 weight class. And honestly, there's some guys that if he wants to do a catchweight at 57 or whatever, who got worked for him. He don't want to fight Jared Hurd, man. No. Jared Hurd's a big kid. Well, it, there's a lot of guys out there that I don't think that he'll, he'll be competitive with because he has a problem with athletic guys. He has a re- – I agree. And that's why – Which is why Arizondi Lara gave him a, right. a fits. Right. And so you – know, But he's a great fighter. And this is the other no, thing. No, no, it's not – I don't want it to come off like I'm anti-Canelo because I actually have a great deal of respect for Canelo. Yeah, he he really showed up, showed heart, showed – you know. And I I really feel like he's a good fighter. I don't feel like he's a great fighter. Um, a lot of people want to put him up there with Chavez and all the greats and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't seen that's, that. That's too far. I haven't seen that. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't fought the the caliber of fighters that, you know, Chavez fought, so we can't even speak on stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But uh he he's a good fighter, and especially in this era where you can control or, you know, pretty much pick the fights that you're gonna take. And even if, yeah. in this environment where you can he's they're handpicking and then with the status that he has carrying Carrying that organization, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about close decisions. You no, know, the inside he's gonna get. He's gonna get any calls. close decision. Yeah, and the inside. and I would love to see him fight outside of Las Vegas. Yes, but I don't know if it matters because 
the sway that the camp has, I don't know. Now, Oscar De La Hoya wrote a very pointed letter at everyone saying that there was any sort of bias, saying he had nothing to do with it. Uh, a lot of people heard me because I was sitting right behind Oscar and heard me trolling him around the 10th round. And I, I said, hey, man, I don't, you can't feel good about the direction of this fight. And he said, what do you mean? It's 6-4 Canelo. Yeah. Now, if it's 6-4 Canelo after 10 on Oscar's card and Gennady clearly won 11 and 12, I don't even know how we don't get to a draw. At best, you give Canelo a draw. At the very best for him. I can't give him a draw. He, I can't. He didn't take the champ's belt. Take the, well, he took the champ's belt, but he didn't take him the way that you're supposed to take him. I agree. In the ring. I agree. Mano y mano. Very disappointing. Going to read some tweets because a lot of people have something to say, which is Triple G dominated, controlled the fight from start to finish. It wasn't close at all. Triple G clearly outboxed Canelo, landed the cleaner and more effective shots, 8-4 to four, Triple G. Uh, then I, I have... have four. And then I have somebody who said, N-word, you ain't never boxing your life. Who made you the go-to guy? LMAO. And who are you? Oh, eight-mile-ass N-word. Sit your <laughs> fat ass down. I so, let you have it. I'm guessing that he doesn't necessarily care for my analysis of the, <laughs> of the fight. Uh, then we got, we got somebody else climbing in with, with, we got the fight replaying, sorry. Then we got somebody else climbing in with Triple G Boxing, got his ass beat up, simple as that. While he was busy throwing sissy jabs, Canelo pounded uh, Triple G's face and body with power punches. Triple G's face says it all. And here, here we, we here we go. That, I mean, you know, this is a this is a very, very interesting thing. Got a Marine Jesse Diaz here saying there's a tale of the tape and a tale of the picks. I don't necessarily agree with that at all. There is definitely a bias, though. Uh I will say this. There's a lot of a lot of hometown, a lot of home cooking going on. Because as they should, a lot of the Latinos feel like Canelo won. And I mean, I, I understand it. I can get it. Somebody else said round seven to nine are the most debatable, not just 12. Take off your Triple G goggles first. Get the F over it. Canelo won. Your ass better just hope everything works out with the Ricky Jarrett situation. Or your ass is toast. <laughs> it's a nice tie in the ball is there, David Jarrett. I like that. I like how you moved. That was funny. Uh... Somebody said that's not how box how judges score boxing. Being the champ doesn't matter, which is ridiculous because it does matter. Or why would you be the champ? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Somebody else said, can I give Omar Miller all the credit for the Rams being good? I said, yes, I'll take that. <laughs> Someone said it's a joke. Triple G beat him twice, but has one of six cards to show for it. The two 115-113 cards gave Canelo the ninth and the twelfth. Silly. Uh, I got somebody else from, matter of fact, my man Antoine that was on Ball is another actor who said, thank you, Oh, I was trying to figure out and I was telling all my people, what the F is going on here? What are these guys watching? Clearly he won the fight. Uh, that man beat dude twice and got a draw and an L. All, also, people could pay more to watch another fight. You know, it, there's a point, just like in society, there seems to be a point when this stuff just goes uh, – just goes too far, you know, and people, it rubs people the wrong way. And I think we may be nearing that point. Yeah. You know what? My problem is more so than anything. It's like all the fans out there there. If, if I like Gennady, but if I see Gennady lose a fight, I have to say he lost a fight. I'll say that he lost a fight. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't want that nasty, that nasty dub. I want my dub to be clear, clear cut. Yeah. That, that wasn't, not a question. that wasn't clear Texas that was, beef. Boy. That wasn't, that was not approved that, by Texas Rex Tellerson. That was a damn it. New York Strip. What is this, lamb? <laughs> this lamb chop? Give me some red meat and some beef. Sissy. <laughs> yeah, and so 
that's that's that. We had a, some other interesting news that popped off, which was it looked like Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather ran into each other at a concert, which didn't look staged because Manny looked confused. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll fight hey, you. are Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> like, Want to fight? <laughs> exactly. Again. And now you know the rumor mill is swirling around about whether they're actually going to fight. Well, it's not a rumor mill, is it? Floyd has made a statement. Floyd has made a statement, but I, from what I hear from the word on the curb, they're saying Floyd is trying to lowball Manny. Of course. At, at which point Manny is now saying, that's cool. I'll go fight Mikey Garcia. How about that? Ooh. <laughs> Does Mikey want that? I, Mikey actually is one of the people talking crazy about Canelo winning the fight, which I thought was interesting. Mikey and Robert. Um, I don't know about that. I think Mikey, honestly, I think Mikey should stay at 135 and make the fight don't with Loma, but they won't do it. They won't do it. Mikey like wants to fight everybody. Yeah. Mikey wants to go to 147 for some reason. I really hope Robert doesn't go for that. Yeah, he's too uh, small. Yeah. Naturally. And I actually would like to see that fight between Earl Spence and Canelo, to be honest, because Earl Spence is a, a big 47. And he will destroy his body. I, <laughs> he is the body snatcher. Met the body snatcher this weekend. That's it was very guy. nice to meet Earl Spence. He was there with the whole home team, the Charlo boys, uh, which was cool. I mean, I'm, I just love to see these young guys taking advantage of their time and, you know, enjoying it. What's, what's not to enjoy? Uh, go get it. So we have that. That's very interesting, and it's gonna be uh, gonna be interesting to to see what develops there. And then we had the big boys chopped in this weekend. A big boy, and your man Anthony Joshua. Uh, most people consider him to be the best heavyweight fighting right now, and he showed himself to be very vulnerable against uh, Alexander Provetkin. Yeah, and that's not a problem to me. For some reason, everybody this has is a, the new world. Yeah, and for some reason, everybody has a problem when somebody has a problem. <laughs> this is like, yeah. and when you fight a fighters, yeah, when you you're fight, supposed to have a problem because exactly. they're a fighters, that's right? And he he's a known juicer. Yes. So, but Pavetkin gave him a problem, and what I, I haven't, I have to be honest, I haven't seen the fight yet, but I saw the highlights, and I saw Anthony Joshua like, leaking in the second round. Yeah, it looked like Pavetkin might have broke his nose in the second round. Was it a jab or was it a, a straight? A, it was a, a maybe an uppercut or maybe it was a straight. But what? But the thing of it is that for me, he gets more experience every time he fights someone. He's so, getting valuable rounds from high. He counter, got valuable yeah. rounds against Joe Parker. He's getting valuable rounds against Pavetkin. One major, major advantage that he has is he's always bigger than everybody. Man, and well, and you know what? Super he, athletic. Yeah, he, but 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 he he fought small last night, which is really oh he got down to Povetkin's sides. He had a game plan. He talked about it after the fight, and he knew that he had to take punishment so that he can get in there and get his body. And mm. man, he talked. He spoke about it, and afterwards, he's such a, a nice guy. It seems seems like it because when he spoke about the fight and and uh, you know talking about fighting Deontay Wilder and everything. He literally said, "Let's quit. Just keep quit talking about it. Let's just do it. Let's, you know, everybody knows who we want to fight and who, who they want to see. I'm here for the fans." He said, "If they want to see me fight, whoever, I'll fight them." And in a, in a very gracious show of respect, he showed up after the fight, and uh, I'm sure everybody's seen that clip where he goes to Pavetkin's locker room and and gives him a hug and bows and says, "Hey, man, thank you. Respect for the fight. That was really classy." And showed love to his whole team. And spoke about coming to Russia to visit in the whole night. Wow. Yeah, it was very cordial. It's nice to see some class in boxing. That's one of the things that I really like right. about watching the, Joshua fight. Yeah, because he's not crass. He doesn't, you know, he's he's got class. I don't know what he does out the ring, but in the ring he's very professional. And he takes care of his business and he looks great doing it. Yeah, yeah. So you felt like, although he was vulnerable, 
you still I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with people getting knocked down. Uh, yeah, neither do I. I have a problem with you losing and not wanting to come back and fight again. That would be a problem. But people lose. You're supposed to lose all the time, not handpicking your fights so that you don't lose. Well, there's that old adage: the, the, the undefeated boxer has just not fought enough people yet. Right. But if you fight the right caliber, the the right talent, you'll eventually get your loss and you'll end up on your back. And there's nothing wrong with that. Getting up is the the big difference for champions. You know what I'm saying? Champions get off the ground. Like when Klitschko put him on his back and he got up off the mat yeah, and he buddy. told Klitschko. Just like Klitschko told him. Yeah. Klitschko got up when Klitschko got up and like, got I'm a champ. I'm the champ. Hey, man, I've been a champ for a long time. Yeah. And I get off the floor. Yeah, that's part of the deal. It's not in, You shouldn't be embarrassed. I mean – I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's a new it's a new era. It's a new era of boxing, and they've I ushered like in. It. I'm not crazy for it myself. They've ushered in these unwritten rules. You can't that, take a loss. Yeah, you, you can't get knocked down. Yeah, you know you can't, and you can't get knocked down and win a fight. Imagine. Yeah, that's unbelievable, right? You know what? It's like now if you get knocked down, and you don't knock the other guy out. People think you can't win the fight. And also for me, which we just got through talking about with Gennady, is that. I need to see you take the champ's belt. You have to do something extraordinary. <laughs> I need to see that your skills are extraordinary. <laughs> Other than that, I can't give you that. Shout out to Enter the Dragon. I can't give you that dude's belt. Can't do it. <laughs> Come on, man. I can't do it. Especially on a guys are, fight. I guys are working like the hard for their belts. Yeah, the, the, the thing was tight like that. I mean, like I said, Gennady put it all on the line. He put his belts on the line. Canola got caught juicing twice. He yeah. came out first. I mean, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Sacrifices national anthem. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> For some reason, even though they had plenty of time. <laughs> very interesting situation. Um, very happy to see the state of boxing as as far as the fights that are being made, though. Right, because fights are being made that you wanted to see. I wanted to see this Triple G uh, uh, Canelo rematch. I um I want to see this Wilder Fury fight that's coming up. I think it's gonna be a weird fight. I think it's gonna be weird. I think it's gonna take a while. Uh, but I think that that now they don't have a location for that yet, though, right? No, but I keep hearing it could be Los Angeles because Tyson Fury came out and after the Triple G Canelo fight and said, "I don't want to fight in Las Vegas. Right. I'm I, down to fight in the states. I don't want to fight in Las Vegas because I can't get a fair shake. And if we do have to fight in Las Vegas, we need to have one European judge, one American judge, and one South American judge." He said he said something that made a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know where that is. I'm hoping it ends up in L.A. It will be great to have the big fellas clashing in L.A. Right. I just wish there were more quality heavyweights out there. I love the heavyweight division. So you're telling me I should get in shape. <laughs> you have other things to do. Oh, dang it. All right. I'll pass on the brain damage. I mean, you got a lot of stuff. What do you got? I got a lot of stuff going on. Manage Omar. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Oh, how about them Ninja Turtles? Ballers. Anybody, anybody that's uh, – anybody that, that is uh, – been is or has been watching Nickelodeon the past week. If you have kids or if you're just a super fan, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles seems to be well received so far. I'm very happy about it. If not, check it out. I voice Raphael. It's a lot of fun. I don't even think it's a kid thing. I love animation, period. Yeah. Yeah, man, I love it. I love all kind of animation. It's a good time. Yeah. Good times had by all. So, uh, so we got that. Moving on. How about that? The Patriots just took back-to-back losses for the first time in about a hundred years. <laughs> they don't have. They feel like they can bring in anybody, plug and play, and it doesn't work really. Very interesting. But we got next victim on the line. Next victim wants to talk about college. We we missed his picks this past week because we were on the road. Let's see what he has to say. Yo, next victim live on the Ozone, <laughs> keeping it chill. How you feeling this weekend? You sound like the Quiet Storm. That's a hard next victim. 
Oh, yeah. It's all good. Just chilling. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that and nothing wrong with your college predictions normally. Now, we miss you this past weekend because we were out and about making some content uh, for tennis. But I uh, wanted to see if you had a chance to watch the fight or the, the fight replay and just get a quick take on it before we jump into college football because that's what we're just wrapping up now. Okay. What do you want to know? Uh, well, First of all, who do you think won the fight? I had Triple G, 7-5, 115-113. Interesting. And what what made you feel that way? Um, basically, I'm 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 thinking that we're watching the fight two times now. I just didn't see where Triple G was in any type of trouble. I feel like he still had control of the fight. Um, there were some, you know, five rounds apparently that I would go 10-9 for Canelo. Canelo was doing an excellent job with pounding Triple G's body. Um, he was committed. Our, he was committed. He was committed with going forward. He was committed with making the crowd and the, 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 the judges with the optical illusion that he was going to win the fight by, <laughs> by throwing the right punches, by going forward, by, by throwing the, the, the haymakers to the body or, you know, over Triple G's head. But I didn't see, I don't think that he had any control of the fight at any time. Okay. Well, there it is. I mean, we're, we're, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir right now because I felt like I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> what did Icon think about it? You know, he's always off the edge and going the opposite. But. No, 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 not that he was, he's not a contrarian. Well, he's a contrarian to the judges this time, but, you know, it's all good. You, you'll check it out when you hear the cast. Lay, lay it on us. What do you, what did you got? How did you feel about the college action this week? I saw, uh, USC was in a dog fight. Uh, they barely escaped by the hairs on their chinny chin tin. And what else did you like this weekend? And what do you got coming up for this week? All right. So we'll, we'll do a quick one for this week. This weekend was, uh, Bama was over number 22, Texas A&M. We had number two, Georgia over Mizzou. We had number five, Oklahoma Young Sooners over Army in overtime. Um, that was, you know, let me say this real quick. With college football and even with the NFL, now the teams are gelling. So the games are going to get a lot more. A lot tighter. A lot more lot competitive tighter, games. Less, less blowouts. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so we had at number six, my boys, LSU over La Tech. We had number seven, Stanford, go to Eugene, Oregon, over number 20 and pull off the win. Oh, wow. Stanford got that dub. Stanford's looking serious, huh? Stanford is serious business. We said we've been sitting on Ozone for years. They yeah. play the right style of football. Yep. Put put seven in a box. Where, and, where, where There's no place better to go to school, in my opinion, if you have the option, whether you have the means or whether you get a scholarly. From going to school in the Bay Area, honest to God, and I'm talking about across the country, I'll take the Stanford Cardinals if that was a school that that I could have gone to over anywhere. It's a fantastic yeah. campus. It's a it's, it's it's got a diverse spot, and they have monster athletics. Their baseball team is real. Their football team is real. Forget about the girls' basketball was through the roof forever. <laughs> right, everything was right about it. Yeah, everything it's, was at- the Ivy League of you know the Pacific of yeah of the West Coast. It's the West Coast Ivy League, and the Alpha, the AKA parties were on point. Woo! Shout out to Ski Weeds. Shout out to all my Ski Weeds listening out there. Subject: We had 
Number nine over uh number nine Auburn over Arkansas. Number twenty four, my boys, Michigan State, went to um Indiana and put hands on them. Number ten, Washington pulled it off over Arizona Herm State. Um some big upsets was um Kentucky was over number fourteen uh, Mississippi State and Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, was over OK State, Oklahoma State. So to to rewind to the week before, since I'm still hot on my uh on my pick list, <laughs> yeah number twenty two, if y'all remember, I said I'm done with SC, I'm done dealing with the home team. Week three in college football, number twenty two USC went to uh Texas and lost. Number four, Ohio State was over I called that one over um TCU. I called number twelve LSU over number seven Auburn. That was my money pick. And them LSU Les Miles old school Tigers pulled it off. Right. The one that I lost was number seventeen Boise State losing to who? Oklahoma State. Right. And um a and big upset that week was BYU over Wisconsin, number two Clemson and number three Georgia both came in with the wins. So then and who I, do you like this week? So I can so play this, put together my card if I have to sneak out to Vegas. Ooh, big Ezo this week is going down. Okay, okay, that's what I want to talk about right now. Not just right. now, right now. Right now. <laughs> so this week we let's just call this ranked weekend. Okay. Because it's a lot of like ranked teams playing against ranked teams. So we got number two Georgia over Tennessee. We got number twenty BYU going over Washington. Um we got number nineteen Oregon over number twenty four Cal. We got Clemson, my boys, them Tigers, Dabo Sweeney and them going to Syracuse. <laughs> we got and this is where it gets real at. So we got number twelve, West Virginia, uh, playing against Texas Tech. West, I'm going with West Virginia on this one. West Virginia like to spread the ball around. They like to they run and gun. They gonna put numbers up. My upset this week. Who's the upset pick? Num, uh, Virginia Tech, not ranked, but earlier in the beginning of the college football season, season Virginia Tech put hands on Miami. Virginia Tech is real. But they're playing against number 22, Duke. Scary part is we haven't seen Duke on any networks playing. So we don't know what they're, what they're capable of. We don't know how real they are. We don't know. But I've seen Virginia Tech play. We've seen them play. And I'm rolling with them. The Virginia Tech, pick of the week, upset, central. You heard it here first on the Ozone. Got some more on the Ozone. Let's go. So, number four, Ohio State. That's all we gonna say. We ain't gonna get into the allegations and nothing that uh, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, that is, you can catch that on Ballers, by the way. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ballers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they going into Penn State. Number nine, Penn State. It's gonna be a whiteout. They were the all whites. I got right. Penn State going over, winning um, over Ohio State. You think Penn State takes care of the house? They protect the house, and they're not impressed with the turmoil, and with Urban Meyer's second game back. This will be a second game back, right? Penn, second game. Penn State is saying, don't bring that shit to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, I know they're, 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 that running back they got, their ground game is real. That kid can real. catch it and run it. Real. Yeah. So, 
I think the weather's gonna play out, you know, some some issues with it, but this is one game definitely I'm getting my popcorn, getting some ice cream, and I'm chilling and watching this game. Then we got number seven, Stanford. EPA. We just talked about that. <laughs> Palo Alto in the house. They're playing against number eight, Notre Dame. We got to roll with the West Coast. We got to roll with Stanford. West Coast. Now, are they playing in Palo Alto or are they playing out in uh, South Bend? They playing in South Bend. Ooh, and you still like the Cardinal. I still like the Cardinal. We've seen what them East Palo Alto boys can do. Yeah, buddy. So, <laughs> I'm rolling with Stanford. And then um, we got Ole Miss. Playing my other boys, LSU, them Tigers, number five. This game is going to be scary because LSU, they like to play in the fourth quarter. They don't like to play, you know, the, the first three the first three quarters. I got LSU in this game. Who, you, you going upset, City? Nah, nah, nah. It's just going to be close. So if, I, I like to play just a straight-up win or loss. I don't like to do the odds or nothing. Yeah, you don't like the spread. Um, I don't like the spread, but if you're going to if you're going to fool with this one, Always bet against uh, LSU not to to meet to not cover. Yep. Okay. Okay. So that's all I got for college football this listen, week. I'm listen, this is a, this is a robust. That's a robust card right there. I appreciate that. And we're gonna come back to you next week and see how you did and see if you owe me a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, I still owe you that. Right, and then also explain the popcorn and ice cream. That's Ooh, a good combination. Yeah. That's a little, like a you know, hey, what kind of what kind of ice cream? What what did he say? Like he said he was he was eating popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> you like that butter pecan? Huh? <laughs> I like that butter pecan. I see. All right, sugar victim. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. We'll catch up with you the, coming up soon. And, and and it's always a pleasure to have you and your picks on the Ozone. Likewise, y'all. Peace. Out. Oh, man. That's great. Next victim coming through with some clutch picks. So, folks, the other thing that was happening uh, this past weekend was the Laver Cup. And it's a brand-new tennis tournament. We were out in Chicago to cover it. And there was some great tennis that took place. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a new deal where you have Roger Federer and Rod Laver, the rocket largely considered to be the best tennis player of the 20th century. Rod Laver, the Australian, um, have put together a tournament that takes tennis kind of like the Davis cup and makes tennis a team sport. And this go around, it was really, really cool. Last year, one of the things that happened was we got to see Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal play uh doubles which was a really big deal and the world wanted to see that and it's a situation where they sell it like look rivals rivals uh come closer like rivals become closer this year and this go around they had team world versus team europe and let me tell you who's on team world uh i'll start with team europe team europe is insane the coach is bjorn borg which is awesome by the way Thomas uh, Thomas Inkis is the, the vice captain. And then the team consisted of uh, Jeremy Shardy as an alternate in case anybody got hurt. Kyle Edmund, David Goffin, Novak Djokovic, Grigor Dimitrov, Sasha Zverev, and Roger Federer the GOAT. Um, you think it's going to be a walk. 
because they're playing Team World, who has the South African Kevin Anderson, the American Big John Isner, Diego Schwartzman, Jack Sock, Nick Irios, Francis Tiafo, and Nicholas Jerry, who is the alternate, who was captained by John McEnroe and vice captained by his brother Patrick McEnroe. Well, it started off as you would expect, and Team Europe jumped out to a big lead when all of a sudden Team World decided, you know what, I'm not here to mess around. And it's great because it's a non-traditional, it's an exhibition, so it's a non-traditional tournament. So they encourage everyone to be emotional. And I think this is another situation where tennis may want to look at the way that it is that the game works. Because the players were emotional. They were fist pumping and running and doing the worm on the ground and going and sitting. They were acting like they actually enjoyed it. They were acting like they enjoyed the game, which is great. And they did that. Uh, they they acted like they enjoyed the game, and they allowed the crowd to act like they enjoyed the game. And it was nice because it was big-time tennis in Chicago, and honestly, the crowd wasn't anywhere near as stiff or cultured, if you will, to the ways and etiquette of tennis as the rest of the Grand Slams and all the other tournaments. So there was a lot of talking going on during the right. during the match play, which was great. I loved that. And I don't understand why you could play something without, uh, you know, you can't hear noise. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. Why, please? <laughs> I mean you. And what was hilarious was the the, the ump and the, the announcer didn't even know the etiquette because he was like, uh, be quiet, quiet, <laughs> uh, please. <laughs> it was great. Uh, anyways, so today, I don't know if you got to watch it today, uh, uh, if you got to watch the end of it. It came down to it, and Team World had bounced back, and they were literally on the border, on the verge of a win, John Isner versus Roger Federer. John Isner took the first set from Roger Federer and and in the second set had three match points. Roger Federer came back and clutched up and fought off three match points, then took it to a tie break, then beat him, which put them ahead for, for Team Europe. And Sasha Javerov ended it out, and he came out and he beat up on uh, Kevin Anderson and also another one that went the distance. Just a great, great tournament. If you guys haven't heard of it or if you want to go back and watch this one, you can catch the footage on Tennis Channel. Great thing. Laver Cup, brand new. It's only a three-day tournament. Some of the best players in the world. It's great. Shout out to Gail Monfils because Monfils actually picked up the title in Tokyo today. Oh, did he? Yeah, I was happy about that. I hope he gets his body together and his mind together and uh, and then lives up to his potential. Uh, so that was nice. And now let's talk about the world of professional football. As we just stated a second ago, surprisingly to many people, the Patriots uh, are in trouble. They just got dominated by the Detroit Lions, and they lost. Got exposed more so than with with uh, Tom Brady uh, not being able to hit a, a couple of open receivers. They were very susceptible to the run today. <laughs> yeah, and it seemed like Rob Patricia knew that. It seemed like today Rob Patricia finally earned his paycheck. Right. He he actually ran the ball down their throat with uh with uh, that kid, that rookie. What's his yeah. name? Carry on uh, Jones, I do believe. Jones, Carry on Johnson. Uh, carry on Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> and, Runs all over the pass. Uh-huh, and LeGarrie Blunt. How, how many yards did he, he end up with? He ended up with more than 100. He First ended, time since, I think, 2013. Since 2013. This kid ran amok. He ended up with 101 yards. 101 on the nose. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And I think that what we're watching, depending on whether or not because the other big news that we didn't get to cover was Josh Gordon to the Patriots. And if Josh Gordon can ever rekindle that flame of when he was good uh, in 2014 or 13, and if there's anywhere that he can do it, it will be New England. And if he can rekindle that, that'll be very serious. But they got to do something about the defense, just straight up. 
Yeah, they have no Trucker Dave isn't feeling it. Yeah, and Pat, uh, Patrick Chung is hurt, I do believe. They have a couple of people hurt, but I just think that they have a bad scheme right now, and they lost they lost personnel as far as coaches and players. And I just feel like sometimes they get caught up in their own ego, where you feel like you can just grab anybody off the street and hundred percent and and win. And this is why success is so dangerous. Yeah, is because you start to feel yourself. It's just human nature. It is what it is. Uh, we had the Saints and Drew Brees. Go over the Falcons. Ooh, that was a battle. That was in a Atlanta. Yeah, that was a shootout. Yeah. Julio Jones still didn't get a touchdown. And, you know, Atlanta this, Atlanta definitely missed Devonta Freeman in this game uh, because they could have potentially ran some sort of ball control if they wanted to no, during you know this what, back though? and forth. You know what, though? Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin, yeah, yeah, Tevin Coleman, Coleman actually does well better against uh, them than Devonta Freeman. I believe it, but Devonta Freeman's the kind of back that if you want to, you can milk the clock as opposed to – the running gun, and obviously Drew Brees is putting up points. Maddie, Matt, your boy Maddie put some points up today. Finally, he hit that uh, that rookie for what three touches? Finally, finally. Don't hate. I mean, he's on my team. I need help. Don't hate. <laughs> Baltimore, All love. <laughs> keeping it pause. Baltimore showed up and beat the snot out of Denver in Baltimore. Why were they even playing? I don't know. <laughs> Same thing for Carolina and Cincinnati. Some of these games are like, do they just play just so that these cities can have a team to root for? I think so, but Cam yeah. Newton had a game. Cam Newton is a stud. Yeah, he is a just stud. Ran for two, threw for two. What else you want from him? And don't have any and, receivers. <laughs> and and then people are constantly trying to go helmet to helmet with him. And they do go helmet to helmet. you got to go along with it. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, the Giants pulled out a win against your man Deshaun. What happened? Man, the Giants actually have decent defense. And they're not getting any credit for it. And they got that young kid over there, Saquon Barkley, who's trying to run amok on the league. But you know what? The Giants aren't going anywhere either. <laughs> no, the Giants aren't going anywhere. Neither is Houston. And unfortunately, surprisingly, seems like Jacksonville, seems like Blake Bortles came back to earth today, huh? Yeah, and I, it's unfortunate because I had him in my lineup. And it's unfortunate because I had Keenan Cole, <laughs> and they didn't put up any touches. Yeah, <laughs> six to nine. You're not supposed to be in a defensive struggle. With Come on, man. These are these are baseball games now. These are baseball. These are Red Tennessee? Sox scores nowadays. Tennessee, Tennessee, ten. Lord, I could have been so good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they that didn't work out right for Jacksonville. Especially Tennessee is not like losing Delaney Walker and. You're definitely not supposed to be at home in a defensive struggle against Tennessee. Come on, man. But I know that the Jacksonville defense had to be like, Are you- we gave up nine points and lost? Come on. But it's not acceptable. The, they lost to Tennessee. They lost nine to six. I thought they beat Tennessee nine to six. No, they lost nine to oh, six. Come on, man. And <laughs> Leonard Fournette, unfortunate that this kid has been, been in the league for not even a year yet total. And he can't stay healthy. His body can't seem to, to pull it together. And I think that's one of the things that hurt them, especially since they lost their receivers. They lost Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Hearns is on Dallas. And what about Dallas? Oh, man, what about Dallas? Jeez Louise. Cowboy Kev has to be dying right now. How are you going to lose to Seattle? They're, they're not serious. And this this has to do with the turmoil that goes on on and off the field there. Okay. And with the, when, it, when you're talking about whether it's the wife beating or the letting go of a guy that seems to be beloved in the clubhouse or the sunken place mentality about the kneeling. Uh, there, there's a lot to, to unpack about the, the Cowboys that seems to be spilling over onto the field because they have personnel, and they just aren't getting the job done. You done a lot of unpacking today. Got to do it. <laughs> Got to do it. I had, I'm just off the fresh off the road. <laughs> I see that. And so uh, speaking of which, uh, unfortunately, somebody who's got to pack it in is probably going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. They're talking yeah. torn ACL. He's got a torn ACL season over. Wow. It's real. 
Football's real. And he didn't even get hit like that. I mean, the ACL is tricky. It's angles more so than force. Yeah, and you saw. Unless you get one of those crazy Napoleon Coffin kind of football injuries. Right, nobody where they blast that. your knee backwards. Yeah, but he was running and then he cut. He cut out and then tried to go forward. You can see before impact, he had already done it. It was a bad look. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes was still Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Lit the league up. But they, he's going to have to learn how to close the games out more so. And I don't, and I'm not going to say that he's going to have to because that's on your boy. And Andy Reid is, they're never going to win. Andy Reid just doesn't want got so much just, talent out there every year. And there's no, every year Andy Reid has a ton of talent. There's no reason to put up those type of points and then, and, and then stay there in the first half. He had what three touches before the first half was over and that was it. Come on, man. And then, uh, and then they don't I, have I, good defense. Yes, no, they don't, and and neither do the Raiders. By the way, <laughs> yeah, just, so, why are you surprised? The Raiders are zero and three, and John Gruden had the nerve to say that they have a hard time getting pressure on the quarterback. <laughs> this, <laughs> we need a pass rush. This is unbelievable, folks. You couldn't, you we can't need a pass rush. If you if you saw this on the television show, I would on I was on. You tell me that it was too on the nose. That it would be, it would be ridiculous. You, you, you trade rush. the best defensive player in football, and then you talk about how you need to pass rush. I mean, I wonder where you get one of those guys. <laughs> they grow on trees. Go pick one. Unbelievable. He's back on the tree. Miami, Miami took it to the Raiders in Miami. Club live at the at the stadium was popping. I'm sure. A big surprise today was Buffalo beating Minnesota in Minnesota. Yeah, and they actually, I this was something that I did not know at all, which really doesn't say a lot. But Minnesota actually has a hard time against Buffalo, and it's a known fact. I think they said that they've lost, the what, the last five out of eight or something crazy? Something wild like that. And speaking of Buffalo, the other thing is the homie Vontae Davis retired last week at halftime. I like it. And a lot of people, you're, you're the contrarian. Why do you like it? Because he was in the middle of a war and just decided that he didn't have enough to give. He didn't want to hurt the squad. And then he didn't want to bring the team down, so he just decided to wrap his up in the middle of the game instead of going out there hurting somebody, getting hurt, or making the team lose. And now I'm actually with you on this. The only problem is, is the way that it goes left is how he left the stadium at halftime. He's not playing anymore. Why do you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm do it. You want to buy a ticket? You want to send the stand? I'm finished. I'm gone. I'm to the house. I'm to the house. I'm in the love zone. I'm back with my girl. I'm at the house. Girl, life is good. The only problem that I have with that is nobody knew what was going on. Now, in in this situation, football, like boxing, it's very difficult. Boxing, you can't play boxing. Football, you play. But if you play too much, you'll be walking around. If you're lucky, you'll be walking around. Yeah, if you're lucky, you'll be. Yeah, you never lied. If you're lucky, you'll be walking around at all. And then if not, you may be walking around with CTE. Right. And uh, it's not worth it. It's it's I I can see a guy and he said it came down on him like a ton of bricks when he realized I shouldn't be out here anymore. And I respect him for making the decision. Uh, I know Vante He's a great guy and he's got a great wife, a great family. I just, you know, I wish it wouldn't. Uh, this won't. I wish this wasn't the thing that would define his career because it will be. And. I wish it didn't go down the way that it did. I wish he would have just stayed, and he could have just told the team and hung out on the sideline. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And when the spirit moves you, you got to make moves. And I don't know if he calculated all of that properly. I don't agree with him standing on the sideline where you stand on the sideline and everybody comes up and what what's wrong? What, yeah. what are you playing? I don't want yeah, to hear all that. I'm gone. I don't want to hear that, but then he could have also been in the locker room if that was the case. <laughs> where did he go? Now everybody the grip. Yeah, but <laughs> he went to the grip. No, but I'm saying everybody's asking that question. Yeah, but they wouldn't have, they would have been able to ask him. He could have made his statement after the game. He made a statement during the game. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Ice cold. I'm with Vontae. Ice cold. Wow. 
Uh, people just want that for their own personal thing. I hear you. He's doing what's best for him and his family. And nobody really cares. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody yeah, cares. you go out there to the game and then end up hurt, getting hurt, like I said. Breaking your neck. Or, or get somebody else hurt, which yeah. would probably make you feel worse because you like, weren't paying I attention. I been out here. I knew I shouldn't even been out here. Uh, Philly beat Indy a little bit tighter than it should have been, in my opinion. Your boy Adrian Peterson got back on the horse and ran all over Green Bay. That's a Green Bay's not good. They're not good. And also, they're trying to get all the help that they can um, from the league. But – the the league another terrible penalty called not for Aaron Rodgers today but uh, for the against Clay Matthews there's there's just no way to to tackle to sack a quarterback gently <laughs> and that's what this is what they're asking for this was a, I saw I was watching the game earlier and it wasn't even a sack it was just, <laughs> a, not yeah it was after well not the game that you're talking about oh. but there was another play that was uh, as a matter of fact that was the Dallas Cowboy game uh-huh. Jack Prescott got the guy was coming in hard and then. Dak let the ball go, and he his momentum pushed him into Dak, and they called roughing the passer. And Troy Aikman and all of the guys they got on the they nobody likes it. They said that even the commission doesn't like it. They just trying to they're trying to figure out how to fix it because it's a problem. It hurts the quality of the game, and you can't have that kind of product out there. It's the FFL right now, the Flag Football League, because you can't sit there and just not have these guys touch each other. If I'm going to watch professional football. I mean, it's a collision sport. You know that when you turn it on. You know that if you go to the game, now you can't be surprised when somebody gets hit. And now we're going to be so sensitive that we can't touch the quarterbacks. Can't so look sensitive. at him. It's well, that in his writer. Don't look is, at me. This is what I was saying, and this is where I felt like President Cheeto is really effective by making people not like the NFL to a certain degree so that if he stays out of prison, he'll be able to jump in to the XFL at his leisure. Because people want to see this violence, just like it's part of the reason that people want to see it in the UFC. People like the MMA and UFC because it's violent and also because you never have a question on who won the game. Man, forget and, about the the, M- the you know the UFC and everything. People like to see accidents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure do. <laughs> you people like traffic. to see train wrecks. Yeah, you sit in traffic for two hours and just get up there and everybody's getting their, their people of somebody in an accident. And this is the same thing. You know, people want to turn it on and see the action. And the NFL is not giving it to you right now. They already went corporate by with all the passing rules where you can't touch the receiver. This guy's running the four flat, and I can't—I don't know where he's going or anything. I can't touch him. I can't. So, I mean, they, they're going to have to fix the product. They're going to have to figure something out because this isn't working the right way, and it's going to water it down to the point where we know you want an offensive league. <laughs> we get it. But it's defense and wins championships, and maybe this is what, uh, maybe this is what John Gruden was thinking when he got rid of Khalil Mack. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Uh, I wasn't thinking. That's for sure. Ram time rolled over the Chargers as expected. Um, you know what? This is could just be the Rams' year. This is going to be an interesting thing, and I, I think I'm going to take it out to the stadium. As the acting Rams GM, I think it's only right for me to go to the game on Thursday against the Vikings. Should be a good one. He got – um what, Marcus Peters? He got hurt, and so did your man. Speaking of getting hurt, this is what I wanted to move to Major League Baseball so we can wrap it up quick. Uh, it's almost playoff time, folks. The base, basically, the playoff picture is pretty clear, and it looks like uh, because the the West, the East, and the Central in uh, the American League have been decided. It's your Boston Red Sox will end the season with the best record in baseball, winning the East for the second second or third consecutive year. Uh, As I stated, J.D. Martinez would be the difference in the beginning of the year. Sure did. <laughs> when sure everybody did. And I agreed. Everybody what, all talking about Stanton. And while – and while and yeah, this is true. You can run that tape back, folks, if you want to go back to early April. And also, everybody runs around talking about Arizona trying to, talk, <laughs> trying to get in the playoffs. 
sign JD Martinez, man. Why would you guys add JD Martinez? Just give the man, and you want to lowball him. You want to get the working man's JD Martinez, which is Steven Souza. Instead of getting the primo prime time JD Martinez, which is JD Martinez, (laughs) which is Angus Beef, which gets you the best record in baseball if you if you play it the right way, because he's durable, he's in his peak right now, and he makes everybody better. And you've now slid in a right-handed big poppy to that lineup, which was that, that. That's all they needed. That's, that was all they, I mean, that's what they missed well, last year. Offensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what they needed the offensively. The is what's going to hold them back because they're going to have a hard time getting by any of these serious contenders like well, Cleveland. The, Cleveland has pitching. That's what they got. And Cleveland's going to have to end up, unfortunately, playing the Astros in the, in the, in the first good night, round. Cleveland. It was a good night for you to come out. And uh, and what's what remains to be seen is – who has played Oakland A's? It's going to be the Yankees. They're going to have to play him, and it, and the Yankees took a massive blow today because they're talking about D.D. Gregorius is out for the playoffs. They're not going to beat anybody without D.D. Gregorius, in my opinion. Um, they can move Gleeper over to uh They could, but D.D., if you look at last season, in the postseason, D.D. put them on his back. Difference basically. maker. He's a, because he's a good player. It's not just flash and dash. Well, I think it's what's all going, around. Yeah, and I think it's going to hurt the Yankees as well is that Gary Sanchez, although yeah, they're coming. He hurt him last year in yeah, against the year. against the uh, Astros. Well, and they've written a book on him now, and now he's not even effective. He's and he won't effective. even. He's not even. He's not even close to two hundred. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going where they're going to get that production from because and he also doesn't call a good game as a catcher. So <laughs> this don't like the the game call. I, I don't appreciate his game call to be honest. So this is going to make it tough. Um, in the National League. The only one that's been decided is the East. The, the Braves ran away with it this year, folks, and it's very, very impressive. Good. I love the young it. boys look impressive. Honestly, they could come out of the National League. They could. It's not. It's not inconceivable. Just depends on if those young arms stay fresh long enough to make it all the way through the long season plus October. Uh, Fulton Awitz looked good the other day. He's Fulton coming into good. his own. Yeah, they need Sean Newcomb to step up because those young guys aren't scared. That's the thing. They actually remind me a lot of the Houston Astros, and right. if they had. Like, if they could have traded for a Corey Kluber, they would be my right. favorite to win the, the whole thing. Well, they honest. got Gosman. Gosman's stepping up to the mic. Gosman isn't a Corey Kluber, by no, the way. No, he's not. <laughs> but, he, but, he, but he is but stepping, stepping up. up. But, but there's, there's – I, I mean a vet. They need a – I feel like they need a vet presence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like the, 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 the Cubs, even though, man, the – I like the, <laughs> the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are nipping. The Milwaukee Brewers might win the Central. Yeah. Which would put the Cubs in a wild card situation that they don't want to be in. The Cubs need a series. I don't think the Cubs want to have – they don't have a dominant guy like that to put out there no. for a one game. No. Uh, but the Dodgers might be looking at that. The Dodgers are only one and a half games up on the Rockies, but the Dodgers do have a dominant guy to put out there in a, yeah. in a, in a wild card and game. Playing, and they just played against the Padres and beat the – And they play and they play against the Padres. Teams like this, I do believe, the rest of the season. But I think the Rockies are going to play against the Padres as well. And yeah. The Rockies get back into Colorado, and there's no telling what anything could happen. Yeah, anything. But they, they play well out of Colorado this year as well. I just like the Rockies or Milwaukee to come out of come out of the National League. Side note: JD Martinez is going to be just a couple of batting average points short and a couple of home runs short of winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, which is insane. Um, Chris Davis, you can't say enough about Chris Davis. I don't feel like we talk enough about Chris Davis. No, he's a hidden gem. He really is. He really is. He seems like a good guy. He mashes baseballs. Forget about it. He had more homers in the last. Only problem. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Not in that major market. He's he's. But he has more home runs. I think the past what five years or something than anybody in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He he gets the ball out of the yard, and he's not a big guy like that. You know, like a Stanton type. But he. He knocks them just as far as anybody. He sure does because it's hard to get home runs in Oakland. Yeah. 
And uh, we had some incredible pitching this season. We'll cover it up on a sum up when it's when when the season is officially over. But Blake, Sn- Blake Snell really separated himself uh, from the pack this year and made himself the elite pitcher that we all thought that he could be. I think he's twenty one and five now, right? Come on, man! He struck out eleven guys and got his twenty first win. This is dealing. That's Cy Young, right? That's Cy right and there. And they keep on talking about Chris Sales in it. I don't understand how Chris Sales is I, 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 Just because he strikes out a lot of guys, I think. I think yeah, but he's been is. hurt for like a quarter of the season now. Yeah, and Manny Machado hit another bomb, by the way. 37 on the year. Mm. Manny Machado or Francisco Lindor? Who are you taking? I'm taking Manny Machado. All day? Yeah. Manny Machado can play multiple positions. He runs well. He hits for average, and he hits for power. So does Francisco Lindor. <laughs> yeah. Francisco Lindor doesn't play multiple positions only because he hasn't had to. But yeah, but Manny, Manny Mach- yeah. yeah, Francisco. Can, you don't think we you don't, don't know th- that. you don't think Francisco could play third base? Are you crazy? So. I don't think so. You don't think he can play second or third? He can play second. I don't think he can play third. Manny Machado has the height. He doesn't have the height. I think that you need height to play third base. Joe, Jason, uh, 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 Justin Turner is not tall. Justin Turner is like six three. No, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. JT, I'm serious. Red, turn, no, Red Turn ain't six three, bro. Uh, yeah, let me look no at way. Red Turn. Red Turn. We're gonna we're gonna Red turn. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna play something for you folks that we personally hold near and dear just because of who it is. And uh this is something special. And this ball game is over. I've enjoyed it. Very much. I have enjoyed it. I've loved it. And I will never forget it. Folks, that is legendary Chicago White Sox broadcaster Hawk Harrelson, and he retired today. This was the last game of his career, and he called a White Sox strikeout, unfortunately, the big homie Matt Davidson. Mm. Uh, And if you watch baseball, you've heard the Hawk, because you can say, you can put it on the board, yes, he gone, hell yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they give you a Dr. Dre, he's a man, he loved the White Sox, this guy, and I love listening to to him call games. So, Hawk, I hope you ride out into the sunset. Uh, you know what? It was, it, it's been great listening to you. It took me a while to find Hawk, to be honest. And it was, I, I, I love listening to call game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch a lot. Even when I watched the White Sox games, it was usually against the Cubs. <laughs> and it oh, was usually, WGN. yeah, it was usually Steve Stone or it was Stoner. Yeah, a little Stoner. And then Stoner went down there to fool with him, actually. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Your boy is, um, Red Turn. I spoke with Fork Dunn, 5'11. Yeah, I mean, Lindor is five eleven. We've that's what I'm saying. We've we've hung out with Red Turn. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't, you you were thinking Red Turn is taller than you? Yeah, right. That's crazy. I don't know where I, where I got that from. <laughs> but I know that Lindor's numbers. He had 104 strikeouts, 23 stolen bags, 89 ribeyes, 36 home runs. Yeah. And let me look up Machado. Manny's numbers are crazy. Okay, then. And you're nuts. No, you can check it out. But they, don't sleep on Francisco's numbers. I didn't say I did not sleep on Francisco. Wake up. Let's see. Manny Machado, who's going to be one of the highest paid players in baseball. Of all time. Yeah. 295, 101 strikeouts, 14 stolen bags, 100 ribeyes, 36, 37 bombs. 
I mean, this is crazy production from the shortstop position. And he's 6'3". He is 6'3". Yeah. You got Manny on the mind. Well, folks, thanks for rocking with us. Sorry for the delay, but we're back in town. We'll get you another podcast out shortly. And I'm going to leave you with a quote, uh, which is a Chinese proverb. That says, experience is a comb which nature gives us when we are bald. Go out there and get yourself some experience, folks. We're all in this thing together. Be kind. Be loving. Enjoy yourselves. This is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah.